I grew up feeling like I needed to be perfect, that kind of typical high achiever scenario, fitting into other people's boxes. And I see so many women in particular, like high achieving women, fall into that same trap and be over prepared, like at the expense of their aliveness, their passion, their joy, and it gets in the way. What's it gonna, what's it gonna take? What's it gonna take for you to finally break up with your bullshit? Thing where you could do if you could only break up with your bullshit. Hello and welcome to the Break Up With Your Bullshit podcast. My name is Michelle Aiken. I don't have a title anymore. I don't know. I'm thinking that I'm just going to start introducing myself by saying I'm Michelle Aiken. I'm a silly fuck. Also a coach. And uh, and I do lots of other things. <laughs> and that laugh that you heard is my guest today who I'm very excited to welcome. And her name is Rachel Clifton. Hello, Rachel. Hello. <laughs> so Rachel, I uh I would like for you to introduce yourself in whatever way feels right for you. Oh, Michelle, <laughs> um, you described yourself as a silly fuck, and I am going to say that I am a delightful and adventurous fuck. Hooray! <laughs> <laughs> um I've never described myself like that before, but I actually think it, it's quite it's quite fitting. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Fun. So thank you. I would agree. I mean, just so people know, um, what I know of Rachel, I've learned through Twitter. And I don't think I've ever said this to you, Rachel, but and this is our first time really talking. I mean, we chatted for a little bit before we started recording, but we've been talking on the internet for a little while. And the thing that really drew me to Rachel is she asks questions that no one else is asking, um, in particular about love, relationships, men and women, just provocative. You're a provocateur. You are someone who lives outside of the lines. And I'm so fascinated by you and a little scared, but not really. Mostly my ego is scared because I learn things every time that I interact with you. I learn stuff about myself. Um, And I think you're very courageous, which is pretty much the prerequisite for being on this show is you got to have some tatas. You got to have some balls. You got (laughs) to be out in the world risking. And that's absolutely who you are to me. Um, that was a very strangled sounding cat noise. Um, <laughs> and wow, um, bless you. I'm, I'm super touched. Um, it means a lot to me to not just be seen in that kind of way, but be recognized for it. And mm. it feels really heartfelt. Uh, I've put a lot of time and energy into becoming the person that I am uh, and becoming the person that I am be- coming and Twitter has brought me so much joy in that discovery and unfurling and I feel so privileged to be here with you and to be making new friends and heartfelt connections that I can grow with that's what it feels like to me so yeah this is so mutual and I love you thank you I love you too 
Hey, you're at a you're at a residency right now. Can you talk a bit about what you're up to in life? Yes, I can. So <laughs> um I I would say that I, I'm an adventurer and I'm super driven and I love putting myself in situations that I wouldn't otherwise be in and meeting new people and trying new things and exploring different facets of myself. And an opportunity came up to join a residency in upstate New York to create new kinds of scholarly institutions and I applied on a whim and I got accepted. And so I was like, okay, I will take a summer vacation (laughs) and do this. And it just so happens that the timing coincided perfectly with me really coming into my own as an entrepreneur and beginning to recognize my power and my desire to do and be more and my ability, my capacity and capability to do so. So to move beyond solopreneurship and create something that's not just much bigger in a, I don't know, like a sort of an abstract sense. Like this isn't for me, this isn't about, uh, creating a venture backed business or, anything like that. It's, it's about expanding my capacity to, to give and to be impactful and to be influential and to be powerful. And I realized that I was ready. And so I am going bigger and I am building big, 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 big things that I'm so excited about that I really believe will change the world. And things that are changing the world, things that are just downstream of my current philosophy and ways of being and the ways that I've been navigating relationships between men and women and bridging the gap, healing divisions, creating space for us to see one another and appreciate one another and doing that in a much more, when I say scalable, what I mean is a way that has the ability to impact exponentially more people mm-hmm. and and go beyond the individual. So to to really affect systemic change and change to the face of business, to the way that business is done, to the, the, way, the way that businesses are run and created, the way that communities are built and sustained. And reimagine what's possible so yeah that's where I'm at um it feels beautiful and edgy and exciting and terrifying fucking terrifying in like the best way possible I've been flirting with ideas around starting a fund and exploring that and I don't know anything about funds (laughs) like I have my investments but I'm not a fund manager and I don't know about the logistics of it and it has been so good for me and so powerful to be able to start having conversations with really powerful people and share my vision share what I want to create share what I want what I'm passionate about and and not need to be perfect and not need to know everything or get it right 
or anything like that and not even be pitching them, like not even be asking for money, just coming to them and saying, this is what's lighting me up. This is what I want. This is what I'm exploring. This is what I'm excited about. This is where I'm going. These are the questions that I have and building from there. And that for me feels like a huge jailbreak in and of itself because I grew up feeling like I needed to be perfect. That kind of typical high achiever scenario, fitting into other people's boxes. And I see so many women in particular, like high achieving women, fall into that same trap and be over prepared, like at the expense of their aliveness, their passion, their joy, and it gets in the way. And Mm. I, I'm kind of reveling in like doing the opposite and not caring and and trusting myself and like loving myself and and enjoying the journey and it feels incredibly liberatory and that's what I want to see and experience more of for myself and the world (laughs) I love that breathe out (laughs) yeah I mean this bit about showing up like how you show up in those meetings and just being there with your aliveness and your vision and your questions, which by the way, like I said it earlier that you ask questions that people aren't asking. And I really mean there's such a a, a wealth of curiosity in your spirit that uh, I think everyone could use more of. I mean, I'm a coach. Our job is to be curious and ask questions, but the trap that all, I think all coaches fall into is the trap of trying to know things. And that's why I recommend coach training because I'm training, I'm spending a year with people training them out of knowing stuff and into curiosity, uh, which was such a hard thing for me to learn and continues to be a challenge all the time. Cause I just love knowing stuff and to love not knowing and to love curiosity that's how we impact the world. That's actually how we impact the world, not by being just more prepared with with in, with like uh, information that feels like ammunition. Mm, yeah, yeah. How would you describe? your relationship with your own knowing at the moment. I'm curious. Hmm. Uh, I think if it was a Facebook relationship status, it's complicated. (laughs) I think I'm (laughs) I'm more, uh, it's like I've, I've clung to it and I'm trying to let it go, but it's sticky. Yeah. Like, I mean, for my own life, my own, my own goals, because I actually just recently identified this gap between the things I firmly believe are true and how I act on a day-to-day basis. Uh, I saw a new, I mean, I've been, I've been examining and looking at myself for years and years and years, but recently just went, it was actually quite profound. I was, I was, realizing this, uh, I had a conversation with my husband. He um, brilliantly asked me, 
was it a bad thing that your mom died? And I, she died, it was over a decade ago at this point. And I just said, no. And I, I, I can look at everything that happened. And if I have to throw it in a binary, no, it was actually not a bad thing. It was a thing that happened that then led to a lot of other things. And it gave me this, it made me realize that being afraid of bad outcomes is something that is not actually in alignment with what I know to be true, which is things have to fall apart. Stuff has to go wrong, wrong (laughs) and the binary again, but like these things need to break down and, and we're just all on some kind of journey and that's part of my story. And so bracing for the impact of something else going wrong is it's, that's on top of a fallacy that, that, that that's going to be a, a, something I can't handle. He basically was trying to get me to, to recognize my power and that I can handle whatever comes my way. And often I act mm-hmm. as though I can't. Mm-hmm. Wow. Thank you for sharing. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting to me. Um, that the topic of power has come up and the idea of you mm-hmm. recognizing your power um, and maybe not necessarily always doing so. Because when I hear you speak about bracing um, for something to go wrong, it seems to be a pretty powerful thing to do. Like hmm. it's an it's powerful instinct to protect yourself and to make sure that no matter what, you're going to be okay. Like that is the marker of somebody who is not just a survivor, but like fucking resilient and capable and always looking out for herself and always one step ahead, actually. Like you might be bracing for something to go wrong, but like you're bracing because you can catch yourself and and you're bracing so you can catch yourself. Oh my gosh. Or at least that's... Well, that one can have. <laughs> that is just the most delicious reframe. I, I <laughs> that feels like a hug. Yay, coach yeah. buddies! Yay! Yay! Do <laughs> you know? I love. Um, I love reading the stuff you write because you're such at least this is my impression is that you're really a champion for people to think about men differently. Like the, the discourse in our world about men is very negative. And I love, uh, I just love looking at threads and reading. You often will ask questions for men like, Hey, all the men answer this question. And I just love reading their responses. And then, (laughs) Um, especially when like they don't answer the question and then you're like, that's lovely, but you didn't answer my question. And you just keep going. You'll go a million times and they'll like drift off and not, not respond sometimes it seems like. Um, but I just love getting to see that because it's so different than what I typically see written about men on the internet. (laughs) Yes. Um, I, I mean, I think in, in three words, I love men. Yeah. It's super simple and super delightful and super easy. And the more that I can lean into that, no matter what, the better it is. 
Mm-hmm. And I, I test myself sometimes. In fact, I test myself quite often. Like if somebody sends a snarky comment, I'll I'll notice my knee-jerk reactions and what it brings up for me and where I feel the the temptation or the desire to like defend myself or to strike back. And I've been practicing lately, just like finding ways to divert the attention and transmute it into something that feels nourishing for me. So as an example, somebody, um, somebody uh, responded to something that I wrote this morning and tried to make out that like I was trying to start, start an argument with them for asking a question back. And, and then I said, Oh, it seems like you're dodging my question. And then this person who I believe is male um, uh, said, let me, let me, let me find it properly. So I don't accidentally misquote him. Um, Something about, something about a Socratic polemic, Socratic polemic. Let me find the exact words. It will be joyful. I promise. Thank you for your patience. I trust. I trust. Ooh. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Okay, so so this person said, yeah, and I noticed when a prompt seems to be a Socratic polemic, not interested, I'm going to the beach. And it could have really pissed me off to read that. It could have been, I, I could have been like, look, of course you wouldn't be interested, like this doesn't affect you, and, or rather to acknowledge the way that you are part of this would be to have to look at your own power an impact in ways that you probably don't want to. And mm-hmm. to make a change to that would require you to give up some power, which obviously you don't want to. Duh. And instead of doing that, instead of getting all antsy with somebody who didn't want to listen to me or didn't seem to want to listen to me or engage, I said, ooh, I've never knowingly had my work described as Socratic polemic before. Thank you. So sexy. Enjoy your time at the beach. And I missed it. <laughs> and it felt so good I can't tell you how good it felt just for myself to reclaim my power yeah and to like ah just just to to enjoy the exchange no matter what yeah and it was just it was it was it felt like growth. It's moments like that where I'm like, ah, I am, I am changing. I am growing in the most beautiful, delicious way. And I am proud of myself. And these are things that most people probably wouldn't notice, but I notice and I am pattern interrupted right here. And that, I, I know that is everything for me. I always notice, Rachel, because I've been on the internet since 2007 being with comments from strangers <laughs> And I've done, I've run the (laughs) gamut of what I do with that energy over the years and much therapy. And basically it really, it parallels to life because I've, I've recently realized that the only problem in my marriage is me taking it too seriously. Ooh. The end. Wow. Like that's it. It's, it's like, um, my husband or I, or both of us at the same time will be in our survival mode and we'll do something that hurts the other one's feelings or will just be shitty or whatever. And if I take it seriously on either end, if I take my thoughts about him seriously, like really serious, like, oh, it goes right into the, I married the wrong person, like that kind of shit. Mm -hmm. 
I've already been, uh, look, I've had that conversation a bajillion times. We've talked about getting divorced multiple times. We've put it on the table. We keep choosing each other, you know, at least for this time in our lives, we will remain married. Um, but like on the bad days, all it really is, is taking it too seriously and responding to the comment in a way that doesn't bring me nourishment to use your words and when I just am transparent and vulnerable and real, I'll give an example of this. Like this morning I was rushing to get out the door and my husband also really needed help with like the dogs and the kiddo. And I, he started to tell me, Hey, if you're out in the backyard again, the people are coming to mow the lawn and those dog toys need to get picked up. And I just looked at him and I was like, I'm trying to get out the door right now. And I'm making waffles for her so that you don't have to. And he was like, Oh, thanks. Okay. Done. Rachel, usually <laughs> I would not say that thing about the waffles because so that you don't have to, but I do that shit all the time. I do stuff for him and I don't tell him I'm doing it. And then I get mad when he asks me to do something else in addition to what I am doing, because he doesn't even realize that I'm doing it, period. He definitely doesn't realize I'm doing it for him because I keep that shit in my head. How would he know? Mm. Have you ever made a list of all the invisible labor that you do? (laughs) No. That he doesn't know about? And you haven't told him about? Nope. That's a really good idea. Everyone listening to this, I don't care who you are uh, or and if you're coupled off, make a list of your invisible labor. Rachel Clifton, everyone. <laughs> Free tip. Yeah. <laughs> to become less resentful in relationships. Yeah. Get clear about what you're giving and wherever humanly possible, give from a place of freedom and if you can't give from a place of freedom like if it doesn't feel like you're giving freely if it feels like you're giving from a place of needing to for whatever reason because of the circumstances that you're in at least be transparent about that just like you were in your example where you said hey I'm busy with this and look it might have come across as a bit cut and Mm -hmm you're not, you know, you're letting him know what's, what's going on. And that's okay. Like you're human. (laughs) Right. Oh, that's the other thing. Like you're allowed to be human. You're allowed to, I'm allowed to not like him. Sometimes he's allowed to not like me. Sometimes I've had moments where I just had to walk away and be like, I don't like you right now. So I'm going to go be somewhere else and then get back to myself. Mm -hmm. Okay. Okay. This is juicy. This is juicy. (laughs) You cut out a little bit. Oh, I had a question, but I want to make sure that I didn't miss what you were saying. No, I just, uh, I didn't say anything after this is juicy. So go ahead, ask your question. Ah, I'm super touched by your candor about your relationship and some of the things that you've been through together, the conversations that you've had, the journey that you've been on. And the fact that you keep choosing one another. And I think that's super beautiful and inspiring and yeah, just deeply, deeply human. I love the way that you speak about your relationship and the way that you don't shy away from 
the challenges and the reality checks. Um, and I'm I'm curious about what keeps you together and what keeps you choosing one another. Mm. I think apart from our daughter, which uh, I understand intimately that you don't just stay together for the kid, but you stay partnered for the kid, whether you're married or not, you know, so there's that. We both have a very strong commitment to our partnership, whether we're married or not. I think the freedom to go anytime is a huge reason. It's almost like being polyamorous without being polyamorous. Like we both have agreed that we don't belong to each other in that way. Like we're, he's my husband, but he is his own person. And that's how I want to raise my daughter too. Like she's her own person that is going to get very challenging as she grows older. She's seven right now. So, you know, I got her, but I think we, we have done a lot of good work together from coaching to therapy. And we've come a very long way and helped each other heal in a lot of ways. I once had a therapist say to me, um, as a, as a, a filter question for whether to stay married. She was like, do you think that there's someone out there that could love him better? And my visceral immediate reaction is fuck. No, it's me. <laughs> like me. I want that job. I want that job. I, I'm sure there's other people, right? There's, there's someone that could love me. There's either someone that could love him, but in terms of where we're at, uh, I don't know. Nope, I don't want to relinquish my position. I like it. and, and there's so much, (laughs) there's so much left to grow into together. And even after we've been together for 14 years, that's a long time. There's still so much to learn. There's still, we still butt heads. We still have stuff that we're working out and that's exciting to me. And I think that there's, I have friends that I get along with, um, more easily than my husband. And in some cases where I'm like, oh, I trust them with things that I can't say to him sometimes. But like at, at the end of the day, that's my person, you know? And I, I already said, I don't, I don't, I feel very strongly about that. I don't want to relinquish my position. Um, but <laughs> I, love it. I love it. It's so hot. Just as an aside. Like <laughs> Thanks. It's, it's beautiful. It's, it's inspiring and like I feel the fire in your voice and I love I love ah uh, I, I love your devotion mm. that's what that's what comes through and it comes through just from a really heartfelt place and from your own sovereignty and that is that is beautiful thanks Rachel I also want to tell you because I think you'll really like this Mm -hmm. and maybe it will be fodder for some of your talk about men. But when I first started dating or I I was like not officially dating him yet, we had, um, it was like on the heels of another relationship we got together and, um, that's my pattern. And so I said to him, uh, I need to just be single again for a while because clearly I can't, I don't know. I can't enter into this relationship the same one I've entered into all the same way that I've entered into all the others. Um, and what, and I already know what's going to happen. I'm going to get bored of you in three months and I'm going to cheat on you. That's what's going to happen. And mm -hmm, this dude looks me in the eye and goes, that's a risk (laughs) I'm willing to take. And I continued to waffle 
even after he said that. And he finally just got fed up. We're standing on a street corner in Brooklyn and he's like, all right, well, here's the thing. I'm going to give you a choice and you need to decide right now. Date me now or date me never. What do you choose? Ooh. 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 He chose you. Yeah. Yeah, he chose me and then invited me to choose him, and I did. And I've been choosing him ever since then. Even one time when he broke up with me, I fought. I fought to get him back. That's another thing that keeps... I'm like, I fucking fought for this. (laughs) I'm not Mm -hmm. not giving it up now. Mm -hmm. And he got you to step up. Yeah. Seems like a cool dude. Yeah. <laughs> Respect. <laughs> he's a special one. He's 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 very special. He's not your average guy. And um and I also think that there's I, I know I just think there's a lot of people that couldn't handle him. You know, like he's very intense. He's very intense and he's very much a demand for partnership and wants me to be a demand back, which is probably the biggest thing that I uh, have stepped into and continue to step into that, that makes me want to stay and keep doing this mm. work together. Mm. How could you be 1% more demanding right now? Of him? <laughs> <laughs> I already know. <laughs> I already know those. Okay. Okay. There's certain things I've, I've, uh, my, sometimes I hold my tongue and it's powerful and sometimes I hold my tongue and it's repression. You know, like sometimes Mm. it's for the good and sometimes it's really not. And uh, I've noticed myself holding my tongue a bunch in the past, just in the past few days, stuff I need to say out loud because I can't, um, I would not like to continue the trend of women in my family repressing how they feel and staying in marriages with a lot of repressed shit. No, no. And there is also a flip side. Um, But for, for me, every time I hear a woman speak about repression or a person who's been socialized as female mm-hmm. speak about repression, um, which is the protect again the protective role that it plays mm. and the way that it attempts to keep us safe and there's so much wisdom to that because mm. often that is true there is a reality to the danger of speaking out and how destabilizing that can be and how that can un- unravel family dynamics work dynamics your entire world and life and yes sometimes quote-unquote, that is the price you pay and that is a price that needs to be paid and beyond that are things that are so much better and you have to take care of yourself first and it makes sense that you, I, we, anyone would want and need to be grounded. Mm. 
before anything else. Like we need to have secure foundations before we can kind of go crazy. <laughs> we need <laughs> we need structure and containment to be able to then feel safe to to roam and explore and experiment. And and sometimes repression is the way to do that and is the wow. way for that to start happening in smaller doses. Like it's a yes and. Oh my gosh. That's amazing. That like that thing you just said is going to help so many people that I know. I am thinking of specific people and also just, I don't know, the faceless void of people who listen to this that I don't even know about. Like, <laughs> and, and we have to go because wow. you have to go. Wow. Yeah, I know, but I want to come on again. I want to yeah, come on again very, to. very soon because this was the taster. Yes, this is just this is like the, to to, to tease people. The taster. Yes, and I already know. I love you as a jamming partner. I love <laughs> you as somebody to to play with. I love yes. your laugh. I love your voice. I love your multifaceted nature you inspire me deeply I want to sing and dance with you okay. I don't I don't know that much about you but like what I do know about you intrigues me so much and yeah just I want you to see that I'm as in awe of you as you might be a little bit in awe of me no and I want ditto. us to play with that energy and see just that. I yeah. ditto everything <laughs> you said okay ditto 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 okay <laughs> <sighs> okay. I love you. I love you. I love you. Goodbye for now. Um, but only for now. Like it's for yes. now. It's like a tiny little goodbye. You've, you've ignited my day. Like you've made Hooray! my day. Um, and listeners, you've made my day. I love you. <laughs> Thank you so much for your time. We'll talk again very soon. Bye-bye. Bye.